Why, hello there. If you don't already recognize my sultry voice, this is DJ Art of the High Score 510 Podcast. First of all, I would like to thank you for listening to our show. Second of all, I want to remind you with a shameless plug of our Patreon page. Join our growing community and help support an indie podcast. The perks of being a patron, you ask? Well, let me tell you. Number one, you'll get our weekly quick hitters. Number two, you'll get feature conversations that are too hot for our regular show. And number three, we cannot leave out number three. Why, Jesus, we'll bless you. So go check out patreon.com backslash highscore510. And for the price of a tall pumpkin spice latte, you can help AG3 afford his Peloton subscription. Regardless of which, we appreciate your support and hope you enjoy the show. You are listening to High School 510, where sports is the plane, comedy is the pilot, and the sweet Jeeba is our jet fuel. Please sit back and enjoy the ride. You know, I knew Obama pullout game was strong back in the day when he uh when he pulled us out of Afghanistan. See, that was only the second time I knew his pullout game was strong. After I saw those pictures of uh, Michelle Obama thickness, this man must got the greatest pullout game in the world because I would have had more kids than the Kennedys. I say he pull out game 50-50. He didn't pull us out of Guantanamo Bay, so. Maybe he didn't pull out of Guantanamo Bay because he was pulling out the other things. No, no, no. He didn't pull us out of Ma- Guantanamo Bay because he know Marcus and Mike Lowry taking care of being down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they going to Cuba blowing up mansions. <laughs> they taking out entire favelas, bro. I was like, now you can't drive through all those shanties and be like, we didn't hit nobody. Nobody was for sure kill somebody. And there was at least a, a grandma in there asleep or sitting on some chair. Some kids, <laughs> some babies that you know couldn't move. Yeah, they ran through all this shanty town. <laughs> they, they blew up the rich people and the poor people in that movie. Michael Bay, yeah. hell yeah, blew up everything. <laughs> I sold a game back there faster than I bought it. Watch Dogs. Gotta be the first one. The first one. Sold it back the same day I bought it. Did they give you top dollar or did they give you uh, store they credit? Gave me, they gave me like $35. I didn't even want store credit. I just took $35. I was like, man, you know what? That's $15 loss. Another Ubisoft game. <laughs> they, yeah. they, hey, that was the original, not even the original Okie Doak, but they gave, they, they popularized the Okie Doak because on E3, they had like the best reveal but then gameplay was one of the worst. It was glitchy. It was buggy. It was bad, bad. It was like, what is this? It almost looked like a uh, last gen. Yeah, I don't know. Ubisoft games, for, the button layout always seems to suck. And there always just seems to be a limited amount of like things you actually can do when they trying to make it some open world shit. And I'd be yeah, like, why, why is there not more you can do? And it's great a great concept. Yeah, it's great a, concept. They got one dude coming out with great concepts, but they only got three people who can program. <laughs> like, man, we can't program all that. You want open world. Yeah. <laughs> like, we can give you that uh, early 2000s open world gameplay on, on PC. I can see the, the rinse and repeat. Uh, there's got to be one dude working every storyline because every uh, Far Cry, you got to go to one, uh, you got to go to like one tower. You got to, and it's it's Far Cry and Assassin's Creed. You always got to like climb up this damn tower and then like survey the area or like mm-hmm. sink the area and then you jump off. I'm like, all right, I feel like I've been doing this for like 
14 years now. Because they always want to be able to use that that imagery of you jumping and doing like swan dive off the tower for any Assassin's Creed. Like, man, that's tight. Oh, oh shit, looking like the crow. They like, call me because uh, I'm like Bruce Lee's son. Oh. They, they, even pro, they even programmed in for you to like, you have to do it. And like every every Assassin's Creed. Every Assassin's like, hey, man, Creed. If you want to see your whole map, you got to go up there and then hit the dive button and why it slows down, you can see farther. Every every Ubisoft game, you gotta like go to like some checkpoints and like sync your shit. Yeah, Ubisoft needs to learn how to sync their shit to be good. Like sync that to some better quality. Yeah, I first got on Ubisoft how bad it was when I was on Wii and I bought a game, a Ubisoft game. Oh, Wii, like, that sound bad. It was like that a sound- Ninja Gaiden game or something like that where you're supposed to be a ninja and move around and you're supposed to do all this stuff. But like, no matter how many different strokes or the ways that I swung my thing, he did the same move. <laughs> like they said there was like 20 different moves I could do, bro. I was stuck doing the same move. I got stuck running into a wall. I was stuck against a wall. Dude, it was terrible. It was yeah, I, well, I should have known. I bought it, I bought it pre-played at Blockbuster. <laughs> oh shit. Wow. That was a while ago. What blockbuster uh, you went to when the Wii was out? Jared loved Blockbuster. He went he went, he went to it in his final hours. You know how you know how you hold on to like your family member's hand in their final minutes? That was Jared at Blockbuster. I was, was the devoted sitting there in the hospital room holding a hand, trying to hold the tears back, trying to be strong. That was Jared. He was like, Man, we might pull through this. <laughs> you already filed bankruptcy. You so they they ain't a single show for this. This is how bad it was. I went to the Blockbuster in Stockton just so I can get better deals. <laughs> oh god. That was Jared was there. Jared stayed true to Blockbuster. I miss Blockbuster, but Jared stayed true. See, here's yeah. the thing. I, I, well, I, even though I fuck with Blockbuster, I still did the mom and pop ones too. I yeah. love real. The I love Hollywood video. Hollywood the, video. I did. I did the small ones. There was a small one. Pedro, you remember in our neighborhood, the one up the street that Anton was working at? Yeah, that's where I used to get all my porn from. That's why I said <laughs> we was right now porn like there. Shout out to Ski Lee. Neighborhood heavy, neighborhood heavy. Neighborhood heavy. Shout out sponsorship. Did y'all listen to the um, episode I dropped early this morning, late last night, early this morning? No. Oh, you dropped the game? I didn't listen to it. I dropped the thing. No, I, didn't, I didn't get any. I don't have Wi-Fi, so I ain't gonna uh, load. Okay. Well, to all our fans out there and anybody who is new to the show, make sure you go on to our um, iTunes page or anywhere you can find our. Um, our podcast, any podcast platform, and make sure you download and listen to our Thanksgiving special Black Jeopardy game because it's only going to be up for a week. After Thanksgiving, we're going to take it down and put it on our Patreon page. So if you want to hear it now while it's free, make sure you get on. Shout out sponsorship to all the Native Americans. Yeah, shout out to all our Native Americans out there. Sponsorship. Um, I know that I know that a lot of the a lot of that episode was bringing up past traumas brought upon our native uh, natives, indigenous people, by the um, the forces of uh, beautiful white women. Well, not maybe not the forces of beautiful white women, but say, the, how the heck I do with white women, man. The That's forces what... of protecting beautiful white women. Man, they were trying to protect their rights to be colonizers. That's the only thing they were trying to protect. <laughs> All right. Well, um, even persecution to start more persecution. Yeah, it's like we don't. Yeah, we're leaving. We're we're leaving uh, persecution and uh, and non free will to uh, take that same approach um, and uh, put it on other people, which is crazy when you think about it. Like, and people don't talk about the psychology of that, but like the psychology of you know you you knowing how to do unto others what you've been taught and what's been done unto you. 
And uh, until we talk about that as a country, we're not going to get to the root of it. Doesn't mean that we have to do cancel culture, but it also doesn't mean that some things can't be canceled, right? So I think it's important important to be out there with that conversation. Um, all right, well, uh, Keegan, I need a letter. Let's go with I. I. Ooh, that's a good one. All right. Infantile. Implications. Igriega. Hell, is that even a real word? Ignant. <laughs> Ill-suited, illmatic, Ilian Gonzalez. Ilian Gonzalez. That was that was with an E, man. No, Ilian was spelled with the I player. E, man. Ilian Fidel. Let me look it up real quick. Ilian Gonzalez, bro. I'm about to find that for you. I know that's how it's pronounced. You said it wrong, goddammit. You always talk about me saying things wrong. Elian oh. Gonzalez, dude. Maybe it was the E. <laughs> this magic moment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You were listening to the High Score 510 podcast. You can catch us at High Score 510 on Instagram, the YouTube, and uh, not quite the Twitter, but you can also uh, check us out um, at our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash high score 510 you can get all our exclusive content and our bonus conversations and our quick hitters you can also email the show at highscore510.fans at gmail.com and uh, we can read out some of your fan mail to the show anyways we are here with uh this is aaron grayson the third also known as ag3 coming at you faster than aaron fox running to grab a pen so he can hurry up and ink that deal before uh he people wake up and realize what the hell they offered him they paying people by 40 times down in basketball. I didn't know that. I didn't know they paying people by 40 times. People, we got to talk to God. And we are here with. Uh, hello, everyone. This is your friendly captain, Captain P-Funk. Coming to you like the second wave of that Rona. I know you don't like it, but you need to stop shucking and jiving. We got a problem. And we are here with. This is your boy, Sticky Keys. Coming at you faster than Trevor Reza getting traded to the next team. Last week in lunch, Riley says to a classmate, can a nigga borrow a French fry? And my first thought wasn't, oh my God, he said the word, uh, the N word. It was now, how is a nigga going to borrow a fry? Nigga, is you going to give it back? And my name is Jared, a.k.a. DJ Art, with two T's for a double dose of that tink tink. The D is silent, so it's just jarred. Hey, drink booty sweat, baby. Drink booty sweat, baby. Drink booty sweat. One of the most underappreciated of all time. Hey, Can you ever watch the, uh, the director's cut? Nah, I got That's it. The, oh my God, you got to watch the director cut. If you want to watch the director cut of Trumper, you can't watch the regular version anymore. That's one of my top. That, that's one of my top five movies of all time. I think that movie you got to watch the director's cut because <laughs> it's it's more lines. It just gets even funnier. You're like, oh my god, this is way better. There's so many more lines. Yeah, man. they didn't cut out as much of Robert Downey Jr. parts. There's a couple extra Robert Downey Jr. parts that that just take it over the top of hilariousness. What I love about that movie is that for its time, it was a great movie. I don't think you can make that movie now, just because no. of the Robert Downey the Robert Downey Jr. part. Yeah, the council culture. Be, yeah. Oh, no, well, they, no, and also the 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 Ben Stiller part where he played simple uh simple Jack. <laughs> simple Jack. Yeah. yeah. They they got oh, mad my. at that. Sean White got in trouble for for 
a couple years dressing ago for up, dressing yeah, up as Simple Jack on like Halloween. Like, man, that's a that's a made up character he dressed up. I mean, one thing he chose a real like you know special needs kid and dressed up like him. Yeah, like he dressed up like Helen Keller. Hey, I wonder, I wonder why they don't cancel. Um, have they canceled uh, South Park yet? Hell no, uh, no, no. And they do. They, I mean, they hit on everything. That's probably why they make fun of everybody. <laughs> Them and Family Guy. I think that is the key. You gotta like Family Guy too. You gotta well, be like, hey, I make fun of everybody. Yeah, yeah. They 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 don't uh they don't hold back. They 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 make everybody look bad in some way, shape, or form. They don't with discriminate their, with their libertarian uh politics. Man, they made an episode about special needs kids doing steroids in the Special Olympics. <laughs> oh, that was the one with Cartman. On, Car- Cartman was trying to win. In the Special yeah. Olympics, and then he realized that like some of these kids were actually like really good athletes. Did you laugh <laughs> at that, Pedro? Oh, that's crazy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> See, the problem with South Park, see, Jerry, one thing I hate is when South Park really started hitting their stride and doing those special episodes that had to do with like modern day things. Mm-hmm. They did. They never title it anything so you could figure the shit out. So I was already behind on South Park. People were like, "Hey, man, you got to watch the one with the uh, Cartman and the basketball players, right?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole the whole slavery to NC2A slavery. The basketball I'm trying to Americans. Find the shit. Yeah, I'm trying to, uh, yes, the basketball Americans. I'm trying to find it, right? And mm-hmm. I could, remember it was, it was making fun of NC2A with the Cartman and the kickball, right? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find it because it's like, no one knows the title of the damn episode. They're like, man, you got to watch that one. Everyone always said, man, did you see the Kanye West one? That one I actually saw when it first came out. The fish, fish sticks one. But they never a title or no one can tell you the number of the episode or what the title is. Yeah. I can't even tell what season that's in. That's yeah, the problem. That's what yeah. happens. With but it's only because South Park been around for like 20-some years now. Close yeah. to yeah. going on 30. Uh, close to 25 years now. Yes, I, is it 25? Like I, I told you, 96, uh, I the 96, 96 or 97. 97 when, I, when I, had the, I went to the film festival. That yeah. I, had I think out. they started in 97 or 98 was like when their first season. So Not, they were, Yeah, so that's 23 years. 23 years. Yeah, so they're almost 25 years old. All right, well, uh, let's uh, let's get into it. We got a good show uh, spelled out for you today. We got uh, some question of the day, question of the day coming up. We also have some fan mail, fan mail, and we are going to talk sports. We're going to talk about the NBA state of affairs. Primarily, we're going to talk about the Warriors, the draft, and uh, free agency. Um, and then we'll get some quick hitters and, uh, and call it a day. So. Fan mail. You guys ready for some fan mail? Ready. All right. We, we talking about fan mail like uh like T Boss and them and, and T, <laughs> TLC. Oh, that third album or is that the second album? That, that was the third album. Second album was like this. That bad. The third album. The third album was fan mail. That's the one that had no scrubs. That's why I had no scrubs. Oh okay. I don't want no pigeon. I remember they came up with a remake called Pigeon, and I was like, Pigeons, yeah. Yeah, I was like, that was just stupid. I thought it was kind of corny. I was like, y'all are kind of whack, but I guess, it, you know, it was a re- rebuttal thing. It but. also had, it also had, it also had uh, Unpretty, which was a tight song. So unpretty too. And Silly Ho. They tried, they really tried to uh, hook up your girl Chili with uh, some lead vocals in that. And you realize she was not there for lead vocals. Chili could sing a little bit. She, no, sing a little she bit. was not there for lead vocals. <laughs> she would have had a solo career if she was there for lead vocals. Whoa. 
we got Brandon in here. Brandon, man, welcome back. Man, welcome back, man. Full time family man these 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 days. Seriously, man. Uh, hey, I, uh, thank you for uh for making it to the show on Wednesday, though, man. You you you're you're you're, you're multitasking really helped out. First of all, I'm 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 gonna let everybody on the show know that uh there was not there was not a survey monkey sent out about what when's a good time for everybody <laughs> there wasn't a, there wasn't a phone call there wasn't a text thread an email thread he's like hey you coming on the show today i was like yeah on tuesday yeah for sure basically i can record anytime between 9 and 5 30 monday through thursday <laughs> hey what time are you gonna do it hey we're gonna do it tomorrow at 6 30 what you <laughs> and I was like, I was like, that's literally the worst time you could, could pick. Like, if you were to pick eight thirty, maybe. If you were to pick five thirty, if I had known that, Brandon, we could have, we could have, I could have worked at, a, you know, we could have worked at three thirty. Yeah, we could have done it later. I could have done it later. Albert was like, yeah, I could do it like after nine. Yeah, yeah I was home at three. But uh, it was tough. It was tough. I'm sorry, Brandon. But Brandon, let's also let's let's also not not ignore that that you answering texts is almost as bad as me answering emails now. <laughs> Just go. That, that is true. That is I'll true. put that out there. That's like, true. That survey monkey was in my email. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Brandon. That survey monkey was in my text. Dagnabbit. Hush, <laughs> Narbit. You might as well just left your package in East, East Oakland on your doorstep. Mm -hmm. Might as well. Yep. Uh, I, yeah, I put the survey monkey in a 63-inch flat-screen TV box and put it in front of your building, Aaron. <laughs> Go ahead and take that survey. <laughs> it's like, no. It ain't there. Craziest thing, the TV will be gone, but the box will still be there with about 10, 10 pounds of trash and trying to squeeze inside. <laughs> uh, anyways, all right. Well, uh, fan mail. Fan mail this week from uh, one of our Patreons, Soul Raider, uh, wrote this. DJ Art needs to put on more weight if he wants to really be the chicken wing king. But I want to know, what is the best way to eat a wing? He also attached this video to it, so I'm gonna share my screen real quick. I'ma keep it real, my boy. I'm the king of chicken wings. What can you really show? Wow. I ain't gonna lie, man. You just showed me something new. I've been eating chicken wings wrong. I'm sorry, I've eaten the wings like that before. So what is the best way to eat a chicken wing? Uh, I'm just gonna say that style that you just showed is not really, uh, it's, it's not, you're able to generalize it. Just because you can't do that everywhere you eat chicken wings. No, because yeah. you really chicken wing can. You can eat chicken wings in your car. You can eat chicken wings at your house. You can eat chicken wings on the back on the back of your car, with a plate on a trunk. And you can't do that everywhere. Like I can't do that while I'm driving. Yeah. Just push down this chicken wing bone. Like sometimes you just got to be able to power yeah, through that. He well, so so chicken wing like a push pop. Yeah. So if you if you if you uh, for our listeners, what the man is doing in this video is he takes one end of the chicken wing, the wing. And on a paper towel on his table, he pinches the top and pushes the wing onto the table and the skin slides down, the meat all slides down to one end and then he just bites it off the other end. Well, I've seen a couple ways. So this is another way I've seen how to eat a wing. I have my own personal way of eating a wing, but I've also seen uh, one Mr. Ed Hipster Hill also- The best way I've ever Debone a wing way. and turn it into a nugget. So I'm trying to figure out, in your opinion guys, what is the best way to eat a wing? Okay, it seems like I'm gonna have to do a video because y'all tripping. <laughs> like like Brandon just said, be the kick chicken wing king. You can't just be in one state. 
You can't be in one place. You can't be at the table. You got to learn how to eat chicken wings while checking the oil. You got to learn how to eat chicken wings while fastening the trailer. You got to learn how to eat chicken wings while holding the steering wheel going around the block, switching 10 gears. Unless any of y'all ever done that, you're not the chicken wing king. Y'all not understanding. You're not understanding what it takes to be a chicken wing king. You can't go and say, hey, we're going to go to this spot. Shout out sponsorship, Edward Hill. Oh, we're going to go to this spot uh, uh, up in Oakland. They got chicken wings. No, I've been I've been all across the country. I've been in gas stations. I've been in strip clubs. I've been at gas stations on top of gas stations. He's been at strip clubs on top of gas stations. I've been at strip clubs on top of a gas station. I think doing what this guy did in the video of pushing everything down off the bone into like a little clump and then biting it off or to what Ed Senor Hipster Hill does where he debones the thing for five minutes before finally eating the motherfucker. I don't know if it was five minutes. I think he was just busy talking. He deboned that real. The fact that he, the bone was clean. He didn't have a single thing on that bone. Well, anyways, all I'm gonna say is that to eat a wing, especially a flat, a wing, you gotta really like there's there's levels to it, man. There's different textures and types of meat on it, and there's different types of skin on it. Thus, the flavor of your sauce, the way it fries, and the texture of the meat is different. So for me, I'm somebody who I like to eat my wings not as a nugget, not as one just fleshy piece of meat without the bone, because I like working around the bone, because that tells me what what part of the meat I'm on, what's the part of the wing I'm on, and it's gonna have a different flavor. And I prioritize how I eat it uh, based upon that. I'm actually not a huge chicken wing fan. I feel like chicken wings are just a lot of fucking work for a little bit of meat. I'm more of like a leg person myself. Every time I eat a chicken wing, I feel like a little rat because it's like, it's hella tiny. I got to use two hands to eat it. And then I'm like, I'm chewing it with like, my, like I'm trying to bite into it with my two front teeth. And I'm like, nye, nye, nye. It's, it's fucking irritating to me. That's why I don't like fucking chicken wings. That's why I like, I'm a lazy eater. Give me all the meat, all at one spot. I can eat it that way. Ooh, and then like the chicken wing, they got that little separation, right? And so you got to get the meat in between that. So when I was younger, I honestly would just like kind of like stick my tongue in it and just like push the meat out. But then that felt a little bit weird. It felt like I was like, I was trying to eat off the chicken because feel I'm like trying to stick my tongue in it. Feel like he was practicing for the future. Right? That's what I felt like. Hey, never mind. I'm not going to get into that. But anyways, so it just felt weird. So I was like, man, I, I just, I never, I didn't like chicken wing for the longest. And I still don't. No, I was like you, Keegan. I didn't, I didn't like chicken wings. I didn't start liking chicken wings until um, uh, Jared and Edward Hill talking about they the chicken wing king. Him, the Darius, shout out sponsorship. Talking about they the chicken wing king. I was like, no, nah, let me put a stop to this. I'm going to start eating chicken wings. <laughs> Ain't no real chicken wing gang. But, but, but part of being a king is also living a regal lifestyle and enjoying it and indulging in being the king of the wings. Now, if you eating it like a goddamn one piece nugget and you're throwing a whole just chunk of meat in your mouth, yeah, you're gonna get a little bit of flavor. But are you really making it last? Are you really engaging the meat for its textures and flavors properly? I'm engaging the meat. Wow. Are you, are you making love to the I don't even wing? eat a chicken nugget whole. I, I take bites of it, I dip it in the sauce or make sure, you know, I enjoy the morsels of it. A lot of these people I keep seeing eating it. They over here ripping all the goddamn meat off the goddamn bone at once in one big bite. I'm like, yeah. So you basically you eating like a crocodile now. Good job. You know what I'm saying? Crocodiles don't have great taste buds. <laughs> all right. I'm somebody who likes to indulge and enjoy the morsel morseliness of the meat. 
Jared, that's just because you grew up in a household with two parents, okay? Like I eat like I like I lived in a group home. I need to eat this meat quickly. <laughs> that's right. Because Brandon okay. had football. Brandon had him and his brothers. These are football players. It was like if you wanted seconds, you have to finish your first first. So it wasn't you didn't have time. Uh, you know what? That makes you not regal. It makes you sound like a peasant. Competitive eating, man. So how Bigger can anybody be families? Wing King is somebody who knows how to enjoy the wing. Who doesn't have to worry about having to All fight right. somebody off for the other wing. I ain't worried about that. I'm enjoying okay, this Jared. wing. Are chicken wings an appetizer, a main course, or a full meal? They are for sure an appetizer. Nah, you can make it to a whole meal, man. If you, you can make it to a whole meal if you a peasant. See, if you eat an appetizer, that tells me you grew up in a whole different way. That's like, you know Here's what that is? Problem. You know Here's what that's telling me, Brandon? That's telling me that somebody who grew up with the silver spoon could be the grits king. And it's like, no, you can't be the grits king because you over here eating grits as a certain way. You eating nah, chicken man, he, wings as nah, an appetizer. Nah, he calls it white polenta. That's what he calls it. Nah. Basically, yeah. Yeah, you over there, you grew up eating, eating, eating polenta, and then you're going to sit here and talk about you the grits king, right? Mm-hmm. You trying to take chicken wing king and you eating it as an appetizer. No, nah, man, you go ahead and put 30 of them on my plate, and that's the main meal. And guess what my vegetable is? Celery. Oh, oh okay. Well, see, celery. See, <laughs> I thought you took the celery to, to chuck it at people for messing with your wing. <laughs> <laughs> that was your defense mechanism. It was like your little joust for other people's fingers. Like, stike, 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 stike. No, hey, I'm going to tell you this, though. That's why y'all ain't the wing kings and why y'all never could be the wing kings because y'all got a mentality of a peasant. The, you know you know how inefficient wings are? Wings are a delicacy because of the fact that each chicken comes with two of them and you cutting them off. You know what the real meat of a chicken is? It's in the breasts. It's, yeah, it's in the thighs. So so while y'all over here making full meals out of the wings, I'm making full meals out of the other shit. That's why I'm a king leading that regal lifestyle because <laughs> I know it's better. Intent is also a part of the formula. So it sounds like you're the chicken king because you just basically said the wings, the appetizer, <laughs> the breasts are the entree, <laughs> and the wash yeah. down with these thighs. I agree, Brandon. Say I like no, the chicken king. Just, so, so, so when you want air, air is like, man, I'll just go ahead and kill 15 chickens. I don't need the rest of the meat. Just give me their wings. You said give me 30 wings on a plate. Nigga, you just killed 15 chickens for nothing else? Dude, That's why you are I'm sure they already did. He, he oxtails too, man. He get multiple oxtails. Yes. I mean, <laughs> <the tails. laughs> I ain't touching the ox. You give me the tails, though. I'm good. Uh, wait a minute. Oxtail, yeah, yeah. Oxtail has become a, a fine delicacy now. Man, white people stole it. They yeah, stole colonized it, yeah. octails. They colonize yeah. octails. This is, yeah, there's two <laughs> things. Two things white people need to do: give us back our neighborhood and give us back our oxtail. It was the NBA draft, and also NBA free agency kicked off. However, we need to get as an Oakland sports uh, podcast. We need to get to the real news. Clay Thompson tore his Achilles this week. He is done for this upcoming season. And there's no telling for his career what this could imply. Coming off an ACL on one leg and then a, a Achilles on the other. You know, what do you guys think about uh, Clay Thompson's injury? And, and and what do you think the prospects of him him actually being able to come back are? And at what capacity? Well, I think he's done being a, an elite defender. But, like, him shooting the ball is not going to change, right? Like, him, like, he doesn't necessarily need that level of separation to shoot his shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might be more susceptible to getting a shot blocked. Because he won't be able to jump, maybe just as high or get jumps quickly. But uh, no, I think he'll be fine. And I think when by the time he comes back, 
I think the Warriors have figured out a way, like found, found another defender to do the job that he was doing before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might be more of a situation where, yeah, he splits time with somebody. But yeah, I think I think Clay will be fine coming back from an injury. He's older, so he's he's older. He his his those things were going to decline anyway. Um, where I'm concerned, being on, I believe it was on the same. Was it on the opposite leg or the same leg? Opposite is opposite leg. Yeah. It's on the opposite. Okay. Yeah. So you you got yeah you got a lot of comp a lot of compound injuries there. It's already getting older. You're talking about the defense. I don't even know if he's going to get to the spots. Clay was excellent at getting to a spot, getting his shot off, and being so quick at it. Now he's going to have to rely on his quickness, and I don't know if he can do that as he's aging. I kind of agree with Brandon. His defense is what's going to suffer. Uh, lateral yeah. movement, things like that. Yeah, he's going to lose some quickness, but I can see him being because you know he he, he was so phenomenal. Unlike like Glenn Rice, Glenn Rice couldn't shoot off the spot up. Glenn Rice could only shoot off the dribble. He couldn't shoot off a pick. He couldn't shoot off spot up. Remember Phil Jackson wrote about that in his book and someone else wrote about that at the Lakers. Like when he came to Lakers, they were like, oh my God, we didn't realize like he's a good shooter, but how it has to yeah, be a certain just, way. They got release that book, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Clay wasn't that way. Clay could shoot spot up. He could come off a pick. He could shoot off the dribble. He's just a one of the best shooters I've ever seen ever. Up. Yeah. And yeah, ever. but and I'm, so, I'm concerned but that, with that speed that, that yeah, but yeah, yeah, he speed. runs fast to get open. But even now, I think he's such, you know, and the thing is, I was listening to a podcast and uh, the ringer and they were talking about uh, like Clay going over film. They were like, Clay's a basketball junkie. And I think, yeah. yeah, if he loses that quickness, like Reggie Miller was never as quick as Clay. Yeah, yeah. But he, you, you learn how to, how to read a screen and read a defense and come off of that. Because hey. someone like Clay, you don't need a lot of space to get that shot off and be awesome. No, that's why I'm optimistic about Clay. Yeah, I think because I he think can get Clay his will shot off real fast. Exactly, and I think he'll sit back. <laughs> I think he'll watch Reggie Miller. I think he'll watch other players who did it in the past who came Rip up Hamilton. on my screen. Rip Hamilton. That's what I was just about to say. Rip Hamilton, yep. another phenomenal guy that without athletic ability, he wasn't not athletic, but he wasn't faster than the defenders. He didn't jump higher, but he just, you get savvy. You learn how to come off the screen. If a guy's guarding you on your left, how to come off the back, how to rub him off enough. The key is to, with the Warriors go out and get some better people at setting picks, right? Can James, yeah. can Wiseman get better? Can he get like what Bogut was? Bogut was one of the, I, what I always tell you, Jared, about the art, there's an art to pick setting, right? That's mm-hmm. That's been lost in the NBA. Yeah. Jared, I talked to you about this months ago, right? Mm-hmm. Like, can I say it? People like Reggie Jackson, uh, it wasn't Reggie Jackson. What was his name? I told you. Was it Reggie Jackson? Reggie, uh, no. Reggie Evans. Reggie, Reggie Evans. Evans. Yeah. Best pick setter I've ever seen in my life. Screens and offensive rebound. That's what he. That, that's what and I'm not, was. It's easy to do a pick and roll, pick on the ball. That's easy. It's harder to be a great pick setter for someone that's coming off that needs to get open. And Rick Smith was that. Uh, Dale Davis was that. Antonio Davis. Uh, Rasheed Wallace I was, just was to great. Say the Davis ben boys Wallace. was great. Great. Yeah, those guys and, are good. Yeah, Dale, <laughs> and Dale, so, and uh, and 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 Oakland's own uh, Antonio Davis. Yeah, yeah Antonio. Antonio Davis. Yeah, 
if they can start learning how to, you know, and it's been lost in the NBA. If you look, pick mm-hmm. setting is lost. If we can get back to that place and the worst, and people can see, look, I got these great shooters. I can get them open. We don't have to pick on the ball. We could just be savvy enough and set good, mm-hmm. decent picks. And I think Clay's going to be fine offensively. Keegan, what do you think? Do you think you think Clay is, is is done? Do you think Clay's still got some definitely this, good close to prime years left? Or, or, or what it's going to take for him to... To, to be that player or close to that player he was. They said that, okay, so first they said that he's going to make a clean recovery. Uh, I think we're just going to have a uh, a Zach Randolph that can shoot threes. If you if you ever look at Zach Randolph. <laughs> Zach Randolph, <laughs> Zach Randolph was a power forward. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen him jump more than two inches off the ground to get a rebound? No. He didn't no. jump two inches when he was in college, though. Right, exactly. You're just gonna get that, but with uh, with you're gonna get that with Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson's gonna get like two inches off the ground and make hella threes. Uh, if you if if you look at the the rocket system, literally PJ Tucker, he sits he sits there in the corner. He sits you there waiting for the ball to come you, to him. Why you naming his weak ass? <laughs> uh, all he does is sit there in the corner, wait for the ball to come to him, and he shoot a wide open three. He doesn't mm-hmm. move. He does. He doesn't move three feet to the left or three three feet to the right. He sits in the same corner and he makes hella threes. There's yeah. a reason why he opened because he's not that good. <laughs> the reason why they left Bruce Bowen open for all those times. He just he just happened to uh, prove people wrong just enough for them to get a title. Just enough. Just those three <laughs> times a game. Clay's not gonna be open sitting in a corner. Clay, uh, I don't care if he's in a wheelchair. Open in the corner. Uh, here's what I'll say. Uh, Clay Thompson. You know, as somebody who tore their Achilles, you know, it's it's never the same. So, you know, he already tore his knee. That's never going to quite be the same. He just tore his Achilles. That's never going to be the same. You can get close. I think he's going to need to talk to Ray Allen and figure out, you know, how Ray Allen get his calf so big. A big part of Clay's game is his quick release, but also the lift he gets. He gets he gets up in the air when he shoots. He's not and sometimes he does like a little set shot. But, yeah, getting open, getting those small windows to shoot is going to be key. Um, but whether or not he has that same just like uh, ability to adapt to the fact that maybe he doesn't get the same lift he used to get on his shots and that he has to adapt to what his body's able to do and see if he can adjust to be as f- efficient or close to as efficient um, with maybe slightly different mechanics or um, performance out of his body. You know what I'm saying? Like you can replace a part in a car, right? And depending on the, the part you get, like it's never going to be the same as the original part, right? So mm-hmm. same thing with your body. You have these surgeries, you have these things to replace or fix the part that, that, that that's failed. It's never quite the same. It's never as, as was new. So can he adjust and still maximize his body for that same uh, uh, performance um, will be key. So I think, I think he's going to be all right because his game will, will play into that. And what's the one thing they say about shooters? Shooters uh, going to shoot. How to shoot. Shooters shoot. shoot. But also shooters start clanking that rim real hard as they get aged up in their career because they not the, the explosion's gone and they normal jump. Nah, that's why Kyle Corver still is in the league. He hella but old. Let me tell you don't this. play let me defense, tell you this. but all he does is shoot threes. The greatest story I ever heard, Jalen Rose said, or, no, not Jalen Rose. It was uh, somebody with the Pacers recently. It was either Oladipo, someone from this recent Pacer team. Said Larry Bird, you know, he's a GM. He walked in the Pacers gym. They're having practice. They're having a talk on the other end with the coach. Said Larry Bird in a full suit with the suit jacket on, walks over to the ball rack, drains every shot in the ball rack from three, and just walks out. <laughs> and walks out. Shooters never forget how to shoot. If you're a high-end shooter like Clay, Bird, I'm sure Reggie, if Reggie was to just go out there, don't even put on sneaks, he'll just drain a bunch of them. Shooters mm-hmm. gonna shoot. It's an especially big hit for the Warriors because what Clay Thompson means. Like he's like that prime 
baseline ingredient for the Warriors. You know what I'm saying? I always equated uh, Draymond Green as the salt of the Warriors uh, recipe. You know what I'm saying? And then Steph and Clay were like pre- pre- premier premium uh, ingredients, quality ingredients. Like it, like Steph Curry is like the the super fancy, super rare sauce that you put on your pasta, and you got some hand pressed, dope ass, high ingredient, quality ass uh, pasta and, and, and vegetables going in. That's Clay Thompson. He's he's the base and the foundation of just what that meal is because his ability to stretch the court hit that three sets the tone for everything else Steph Curry without Clay Thompson I don't think I think both of them got put together and it just made something special and unique you saw them help swing the pendulum of successful small baller perimeter ball at a new level better than what the the Spurs were able to do better than uh what you know D'Antoni was trying to replicate with his teams um and, and they, they set a, r- a really dope precedent because they both complement each other so well where it's like Steph couldn't have been uh, as successful without Clay there to give him the window to get those one-on-ones as much as he did um and just play around with the ball because the defense couldn't drop in on him as hard because they knew he just throw it to Clay who's gonna bust on you and and Clay couldn't have been as good without Steph because you know what I'm saying all he had to do was just come off screens he didn't have to ever try and be a real like Kobe type two guard where he had the ball in his hands because Clay Thompson with the ball in his hands is not nearly as effective as you would like out of a two guard you know, I'm not. I'm gonna I'm say that's a limitation in his game. He's gotten better over the years, but like, <laughs> if you were like, "Hey, man, crunch time, get the ball in Clay's hands," you're like, "No, no, 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 no!" no. no you I get it in his hands to shoot it, not to do anything shoot. else. If you want him Might to handle the ball, initiate the play. Nah, nigga. <laughs> no, but I think the Warriors still win a championship or two, even if Clay's not on the team, mostly because Steph is that great. Like LeBron James no, no, won a championship. No, 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 Channing, you, you compare Channing Fry to Clay Thompson right no, now. I'm, say, I'm saying you don't need anybody that great to be a spot up shooter if you have a, somebody as dominant as Steph who handles the ball and that's going to stretch the defense, right? Like mm-hmm. wherever Steph's going to go, that's where the defense is going to collapse. And all he needs to do is pitch it the same way LeBron does. But LeBron has more of like, oh, I'm going to attack the rim or kick it out. Like stay, Steph's the same thing. Like he can still get to the lane and people are going try to try to block a shot or whatnot. But then it's just sort of a sort of a drive and dish sort of situation. And I think you. I think the. I trust the the rest of the Warriors system to find somebody else to to pair with to pair with Steph. Exactly. Uh, and, and and vice versa with Clay though. Like I think even Clay and Draymond they still win the championship. But I, I think, think Clay. I think you'll see that. I don't think you see them win seventy three games. I don't think you see them. You know. I don't think you see them resting in the fourth quarter without all three of them. But I do think they're definitely in the playoffs and 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 at least win a championship without either one of those guys. Steph Curry's a less athletic Damian Lillard if Clay Thompson is not on that team. What are you talking about, Jared? <laughs> we talk. So you talk about on that team, right? Iguodala, <laughs> Steph, Draymond, what was it, Bogut? Like that that team still is making the playoffs. That like, team is still beating most of the other most of the other Clay teams. Thompson <laughs> is this is a thing. That's this is why this is like you gonna you gonna just serve me some pasta sauce with some salt in it. Thanks, Draymond and Steph. You're gonna have a shitty meal. No, you need what's the base? No. What is the base of that meal? That's the pasta. You need the pasta and the fresh veggies in there. That's Clay Thompson. The other fresh veggies, like Iguodala. You like you want me just to put some pasta sauce on some broccoli and onions? Like no, nah, nigga, give me the pasta in this bitch. Right? Where do you? I don't know where you get your pasta from. Here with the system, the system Thanks, is what Brandon is talking about. The system is where it's at because they can they can almost plug and play who's there. 
they can they can't mm-hmm. re- like totally replace mm-hmm. they can't to- no no just listen they can't totally replace clay no. but they can and they have like changed their system up especially with everybody that's been there that they can still be a contender they're not going to be like they're not going to be like oh, they're not favorites. a contender right now they're no not, they're, they're not, not favorites. they're a contender with clay without clay they're nowhere near contendership I would say that they're contender, but they're, they're also they're fighting they, for a playoff but, spot this year. But the, but, nah, the, but they, so they, the they difference can, is like I think they can definitely get like a fifth or what, sixth seed. What we're they're like what, I, what I'm saying team. is if there's no Clay Thompson and you're talking about if Clay Thompson gets hurt and they have to figure out something right away, I'm talking about just they never drafted Clay Thompson. Like I think they still win a championship. If they, I, don't think the, so. I, I, the Bob, Bob Myers, Steve, nope. Steve, Steve Kerr, they had no defense. He was the best defender during this time. Mm-hmm. I know, I know. People like to hype up Draymond Green defense. Yes, he could guard different positions. He Thank could guard you. a point guard for possession, for possession. He could guard a back to the back center for a few possessions, more possessions. Yeah. But Clay Thompson was their best defender during hey, this run. Who was the he was best defender? Best uh, who's the guy? Um, Steph Curry has shown when he has to be the man. And when you need him to put everything on his shoulders, he's not strong enough. Steph not, and I gets mean, he's hurt too often. Fragile. He got he hurt too hurt. often. Like, I'm worried he's going to get hurt this year because he's going to try to carry more. The, the Warriors made some smart decisions to bring in Oubre and a couple other people. And, uh, Kent Bazemore, they just to, signed Kent Bazemore too. That's Shout really out smart because they need someone. Look, we need all three guys to help with, to produce for Clay numbers, not to put more on Steph because he won't make it through a season. No, no, Clay definitely. They would not have won a title without Clay. They, they might have won a title yes. if they had Steph and KD, but they wouldn't have won the first yes, title not, without no. Clay. They wouldn't have won the first title. My, for my, sure. my whole point is that Clay also I don't made think it. They would have went. Clay, Clay was guarding the best player on the uh, the best the best ball handler that 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 the other team had. So if he had to guard their two guard because their two guard their offense ran through their two guard and that was their playmaker, he guarded him. If they had to guard the point guard because they didn't want Steph on a point guard, he guarded Kyrie. He guarded a point guard. If they needed him to guard LeBron, he guarded LeBron. He was you re- like, but you realize LeBron James averaged thirty seven points in the finals. Like no matter who was going to yeah. guard him, he was going to yeah. score forty. No, no, yeah, no yeah, matter who the was. The, the Bruce, <laughs> Kobe was going to do Kobe things when when Bruce Bone was on him. Uh, okay. Yeah. It didn't matter, but, they, but, but did you make him work and make him have to t- like, you know, yeah, pass a few take more possessions. several yeah. more shots or pass it away on certain possessions. Yeah. Did you deny him the ball? Are you that player? And that's what Clay does. Clay and plays. And they and they and the Warriors have players that did that. That that man, can do that. Who, man, yeah. man. who? Who? All right. So we're talking about the first championship, right? We're the talking first about the first championship, championship, man. Clay. First, we're you talking about, about I know who you're gonna say. You're gonna say my man from North Carolina. Who uh, Harrison Barnes? Number Barnes? 40. Harrison Barnes. We're talking about uh, Barbosa. We're talking about Iguodala. Those Barbosa players, is not like, a defensive player, bro. Come on now. You can't even. It's not about him being a defense player. It's about him being able to play defense. Like, it's not about him being like, oh, I'm going to come here. I'm going to stop you from scoring. Because guess what? If you put them on the best player, that person's still going to score. Like, who can eat up fouls? Who, who, who can make them work? Who's going to put energy on the ball? Like, that's what the that's what the point is, right? Yeah. And, the, and the same thing, like, to say, like, it's a it's a luxury to have somebody who's good on both ends of the, ends of the floor. Like, and that's what Clay is. Like, somebody who can go on the offensive sort, be a part of the offense, but then also go back on defense, right? Everybody doesn't do that, right? There's stints in the game where people make substitutions. Where, all right, cool, that, we, need, we need to get back in the game for offense, or we need to hunker down on defense. If you and traded I, Clay Thompson to any of those LeBron teams that went to the finals, I can almost guarantee you, like ninety percent clip, LeBron wins ninety percent of those titles. If Clay Thompson yes. was on on, yes. on every team LeBron was on, ninety percent of the time they would have won a title. They might have lost one or two here and there, but the, like LeBron James with Clay Thompson. 
with a player who can play D and can be the person who sets the tone. Like he sets the tone for spacing offensively. He's one of the his his greatest right. impact in basketball has been his pure shooting ability and set the tone on the perimeter. Like that's more, that's other, more other, other players do not they <laughs> other players do not collapse the way they need to. And if they do collapse, it's open three season. So like that's the problem, and th- that opens it up for Steph to get the one-on-ones, to be able to penetrate, to be able to get that one-on-one look where they're not collapsing on him when he decides to penetrate because, you know what I'm saying, they know Clay's right there. When you have Clay on the court, you know that defense is going to be worried about him, and it's going to make help defense non-existent or a lot less existent. That is a big difference. When you have no help defense because of a player versus no help defense because you got Andrew Wiggins who don't know how to play help defense. Like there's some players who are bad defensive players who don't know how to do help defense. There's some teams who are like, we can't play help defense because this player is on the perimeter and will torch us. Okay. Do we know actually how Clay Thompson got hurt when he, when he was there, practicing? He was working out, which means playing a pickup game, dude. Uh, uh, wait a minute. Are you sure? Are you sure Tanya Harden wasn't? Are you sure? Tanya Harden wasn't in there. Sure, it wasn't JaVale man. McGee. Hey, hey, check out and find out where Tanya Harden was. Some piss. I'll check her Twitter feed. <laughs> I remember Tanya Harding did not actually was part of that. It was her husband and her husband and her her husband. Cut and her it manager. out. Cut it out, Aaron. It was, it was her she trainer, was right? Part of it. It was her husband who was the manager. Aaron, you're not getting no Tanya Harden pussy. Right. Stop putting up. <laughs> Tanya Harden was not part of that. She did not. So I, I, I like the way you said that, Aaron. Just remember that when people ask about, hey, man, what y'all talking about on the show? Brandon was not a part of that particular conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody actually had an argument with me that the Warriors should have got ball instead of James Wiseman. And we, we argued for this for like a good 30 minutes to the point where I almost threw my phone. Can I get y'all take on that? <laughs> but should the Warriors have taken ball over Wiseman? I wanted them to, to get ball just for the fun of what the clown and circus would be. That's what I was hoping for. I was like, I want to see one of them high yellow fake uh, honey badges out here trying to play ball and trying to do all the little loop-de-loop passes and hopscotch that he'd be doing. But I also was worried he was going to be um, not not athletic enough and just not good enough to, to, to do the thing. I was like, I, the Warriors need a big man. So I was happy they got Wiseman. I think that's the, the safest pick. But Ball could potentially, as they were saying, be a super tight ball handler, distributor, that you know could make make the Warriors a lot of a lot of fun to watch in the okay, few so years. Jared yeah. just wants chaos. All right, Brandon. No, I, no, I think I think his time playing overseas definitely it would definitely help him make a, a better basketball player than any college would have. Uh, I think a lot of the sort of like uh, the showboat and sort of like I'm gonna just shoot the ball from half court. That was him like in middle school, like and and, <laughs> and his oh, first high year high school, school. And, his high first, school. and his first year high school. So it's one of those things. Like he's definitely the best player that he played against in high school. And like I'm just gonna shoot the ball from half court. Like all the cameras are here to see me play. Like what would you do at 14, 15 years old? And you got, and you know your game's gonna be highlighted on ESPN later on that, that day. Like okay, well what am I gonna shoot from half court today? And I might make it, I might miss it. So I no, I think he's definitely uh, I think he's better prepared than a lot of of the of the other other draft picks are just because of the shortened college basketball season they had and then but also like he just played with with actual adults. 
You know, when he's playing in Lithuania, that was like playing against the high school. Team. He was playing against le- kids le- younger than high school. Uh, Brandon, see, Brandon, Brandon I'm going to disagree with Brandon on this. His, the reason why I don't think he got better playing what he did, everything was catered for him. He went to Lithuania. It was sold to us like he was playing adult league. Their league in- already ended. They used that as a way of them bringing out more money for their league, for their other teams. And so here's the thing. Their adult teams are like, no, we're done. We're not playing. You know, they play against the junior teams. They played against high school 16-year-olds. And now I know you can say, well, he was around their same age. Problem is everyone else on the team was older. We were men. So that's one reason he was killing it. Here's part two. Dad basically wanted to coach the high school team uh, in, in wherever Chino Hills. So what did he do? He pulled them off the school. He put him in one of those sports academies. He didn't go to IGN. He didn't go to the one in South Carolina. He didn't go to the main ones that's built for basketball. He went to one that was in where? Ohio, that was built, or Indiana, wherever the hell it was. They were like an up and starting sports academy that's not really big. So they catered to his every need. They played a cream puff schedule. They didn't play none of the top academies except for one that was on TV. That was the only one they played. And here's the thing. He's never been coached. I don't know how he's going to respond to coaching. Even in Australia, people didn't know this. In Australia, the leaks, he was with that team. The league told the team that he had to play so many minutes a game. So many, He didn't even play a full season. Go look at his stats. He didn't play a full Australian season. He was made. Everything has been catered to him. It's so, been worse than AAU ball. I don't think that this helped him grow as a basketball player. This is going to be pretty amazing. Jay Billis said, you know what? He's not a great shooter. He only shot 20% from the three-point line in Australian League. He, we keep seeing the highlights from those few games that he was super flashy in that. Jay Billis also said he doesn't, he play, doesn't play an ounce of D, right? Like, look, for me, I'd rather, I'm like Jared. I'd rather see the circus. I give LeVar Ball credit. He built this. He Kardashian his way into this, right? Hold on. I, well, I, I think I think it's completely different just because every NBA team has NBA scouts who have seen him. And they said either, they either said, in person or in the NBA team said this. Don't forget, this was one of the worst drafts ever. This is considered one of the worst drafts ever. Some of the NBA executives said it was the worst interview they ever. They, they, they said this. He seems like a good kid. He seems like he's positive. He doesn't do anything crazy. But it was one of the worst interviews we ever had as far as basketball-wise. Right. Michael Jordan is bad at drafting, Brandon. Let's not act like Jordan is this great executive. He is not in the top oh. of that list where LeBron James or Rich Paul is. He's nowhere near it. But, what is it but every, everybody independent of, of Charlotte, right? They definitely had him in the top 10, right? So for I think they, they said that as, so as top someone top. stupid like Jordan would take him. Can I, can I just say Kwame Brown? Kwame. He tries to fill seats. So did the and Warriors. I, 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 I like it as a pick because it's going to help fill seats. It's going to fill okay. seats. Wait, wait, you're going to get how his millions of followers are going to be watching your team now. Yes. All right. So can I, I'm just going to add on to what uh, Aaron said is that like he's touted as like, oh, he was playing with like grown men. He matured a lot. But what a lot of people don't what a lot of people don't realize is that even when he did go to Lithuania, um, those were like exhibition games. Those weren't like league games. Their season was over. That's they were why. playing in like high school gyms. And the only reason why he did, like even he didn't even start in that league. He came off the bench. And the only reason why he had, they actually got like filmed and shit was because of the, uh, because of the TV show. So like other than that, like he wasn't like highly touted even when he went out there. He wasn't Grant, playing like in Luka Doncic's league in the Spain leagues. No, he was not. <laughs> so then, at, and then when he came back, like he said, he went to Ohio, and then they were beefing over there because they weren't giving him the playtime 
that his dad wanted. So they took him out, tried to form his own league. That shit went that shit went under. And then he went to Australia where it was like, oh yeah, he's playing with like grown men. Yeah. He only played like in 12 games. And even yeah. then they they literally had to force the Australian coach to play him because it was like we need butts in the seats. They mandated it. They, they mandated, mandated that he play so many get in minutes. I will answer my own question when I asked y'all. I still like James Wiseman more because it gives us a <laughs> chance to win now. Whereas belt with with ball, we're gonna have to wait for him to develop. And even in his interviews, he came in with like a binder full of like his Instagram follows. It was like, hey, I got six million or six six hundred thousand Instagram followers. This is why you should draft me. He has millions. Like, what the, that's not even basketball related. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. And that's well, why it was like, yeah, he he did yeah. not interview well. He's been and in a world about branding. He's been living in a world all about branding. That's the thing. But mm-hmm. but one thing that that I will take with the as a, a tidbit that I heard, I think it was Jay Billis said, was that he played with a- Andrew uh, Bogut in Australia, was on the mm-hmm. team that he was playing on. And Andrew Bogut said, uh, they quoted him as saying he was the best natural passer he's played with. Like hearing that from Andrew Bogut, who's a good passer as a big himself, uh, that was the one thing I was like, oh, maybe there, there'll be something to his game. And that seemed to be the, the, the overarching thing about his game that everyone was like, he's really good with the ball. He, he went against his older brother, Lonzo, who's one of the top defenders, uh, on-ball uh, perimeter defenders in the league currently. Yeah. And so growing up, going against that, you know what I'm saying, even though he's four years older than you, but going up and going up against that over and over again, you know what I'm saying, he's going to have to, you know, be really good with the ball in his hands and really creative to get around somebody who's a really good defender uh, his whole life. So maybe he could have some success. But I do also, you know, worry about his shooting, about his decision-making and whether or not his head is really in it to be the best basketball player possible or just to take capital, capitalize on this, you know, brand or this this experience and these opportunities that come outside yeah, of basketball. But, see, the, diff- the difference between, though, somebody who doesn't play basketball, like I'm saying I'm not going to disrespect all the scouts in the league who had him high on their draft, right? Like that, you can't necessarily buy that. Like you can't go around to every team and say, hey man, put me in your top 10, put me in your top 10. Like that's something you actually actually have to earn on some level. Somebody has to see you play and all agree on that, right? So even if you think he's about his brand, like he still had to get on the draft board on some way, right? Yeah. You can't, like you can't sort of like, who's the guy from Green Bay or or sort of these like draft or draft workout warriors in the NFL where you're just going to put some fake 45 plates on it. Like, you really actually have to play basketball, right? You can't necessarily project. Everyone's projecting, right? Like your your college, your high school is really just your credit report. We don't know if you're going to pay off or not. Like, but we just ha- we have a guess. <laughs> but anyway, shout out to Levar Ball, man. Two two kids, two out of three. Ain't if bad. one of them hadn't been stealing in China, he <laughs> might have got drafted too. <laughs> two out of three, ain't right? Still in China. Hey, he should be playing football. He should go play football, man. <laughs> Hey, but I will say, do you want the guy who comes in like, like Brandon, you brought up the, the Major League movies. You want Rick Vaughn in Major League uh, 2 or you want Rick Vaughn in Major League 1? The guy who has nothing but baseball in his life. The one who's like, this is, this is one way to, 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 to make his name. Or the guy who comes in is like, oh, don't touch the hand. I got to go do a Nestle commercial in 20 minutes and like stuff like that. What do you want as a player on your team? So that's that's why I think they got it right with getting Wiseman. I think Wiseman was the choice. And they say Wiseman could be like a more skilled version of Hassan Whiteside, which would be a great starting point if that's mm-hmm. what he can become mm-hmm. as a as a as an athletic big, block shots, rebound, and change the game from the inside perimeter, especially against some of those bigger teams. And that's maybe he has more touch offensively to create and shoot. So we'll that's see. All you need. The other thing, and I'm not sure if y'all know this, is that San Francisco has one of the biggest Asian population uh, populations in the u.s and james wiseman speaks mandarin 
Oh, why did why didn't you do something? Mandarin, that's gonna help him when he ordered food to go. Yeah, that's gonna help him. That's gonna... He just he just chose to speak Mandarin. What's said, wrong with that nigga? Me? Never mind. We might need. We might need Lavella. We might need Lavella. Hold on. I don't trust that nigga over there. Does he speak more Mandarin <laughs> than you, Jared? <laughs> <laughs> shit, shit. I think that means thank you. That's not even Mandarin. That means thank you. That, means thank you. that is Mandarin. Uh, I think that's in both, Jared. Yeah. So uh, they're, they're getting very eclectic, especially now shit, in the NBA. Shit, 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 shit. Uh, even the uh, the other rookie that the Rico or Nico Nico Manning. He's man, uh, man, that overrated. That overrated clown. Overrated, he was a guy right. that was a high school. He was a high school phenom. He was viral in high school. Players. He was viral in high school. He was a phenom. He was doing all kind of crazy shit. He go off to college in Arizona, have the worst year fucking ever. He had some decent numbers, fifteen, but he didn't help him win. I think I think that fool overrated, dude. Ooh, I'll take okay, Mike Pimberthy we'll over him any day. He's gonna, he's gonna have to back up uh, Steph. So he's got to learn and learn. No, that's what, and he's the reason they bought in Wanamaker from Boston. Ooh, out of everybody, I don't, I didn't like that pickup at all. Well, Marcus Hall would have been beautiful to have for the Warriors. That would have been a great been addition, beautiful. at least for this season. Beautiful white Spanish man. Do you think we should have got Dwight Howard though, man? I feel like no, the I, amount of money he signed nah, for Dwight Howard's he signed for nothing though. Yeah, for so, nothing. Nah, who is it worst. like one year for 2.6 or 2. I think the 4? issue is that they don't want like same thing as like Hassan Whiteside, like he's still an unrestricted free agent right now. I don't know if you want to put a dude like Dwight Howard and his like Dwight Howard's not a bad person, let me say that, but he's he's playful, he's immature. If you want to call him immature, he he's not he. He never expanded and showed the work to he, he showed the work to stay in shape, but never the work to improve and, and grow his game. And 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 like you and Hassan Whiteside speaks for himself, like, like leaving a, a loaded gun in the backseat of his car and getting it stolen. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> that kind of shit. Like you don't want dudes like that around a young, you know, center that's sure. gonna be, you know, yeah. one of the, the foundations of your team going forward. You want to have guys like I always say, like a Marcus Saul. And Marcus Saul could teach him on how to like play the high post, how to pass out of the high post. Marcus Saul would have been a great addition for the Warriors. Um, I think he would have been more effective for the Warriors than he'll be for the Lakers. With the Warriors, he would be setting screens for Steph to open up, you know, that that end, end of the game, and then being a high post presence that can pass out of the high post to create, you know, that spacing for uh, other shots to be created and backdoor cuts would have been great for the, what the Warriors are looking for. There's still like. talk that we might be able to get uh, Cousins back. Yeah, but that's that's another thing. Like, do we have is Cousins the right personality that you want? He. You know, is either the yeah. person that I you mean, want. I mean, you're not, he's, I mean, whoever they sign is not adopting him, and he's not going to live with him. I know. Like, no, but basically, they he, he may not even be their roommate. Like, he's no, just, but there's something like, to they work together. There's a, there's a head, especially in basketball, there's a heavy influence when you're on the road. That but at the same, but at the same time, when, anytime you walk into the Warriors locker room, you know who the leaders are on the team. It's but not like he's coming to a space. He's not coming to a space where... Steph is married. Steph ain't hanging out with Wiseman, right? The problem is yeah. when you're on the road, when you're on the road, you're going to be hanging around with people you practice and closer to and practice. And that's the problem. Like Jared said, you don't want that influence. It ain't the locker room. It's the hotel room. Right. Like, you know, like you hear the stories about the Lakers when they were coming up with Shaq and Kobe. A lot of the things there, Trisha talked about, look, man, I learned a lot from the older players on the team. Right. The guys like Rick Fox. The guys like Robert Ori, they were great locker room guys. What they mean by that is also outside the locker room. They talked about going to a club together, right? They talk about how to handle situational women together. Those are things you learn. You don't want someone immature there in that situation. Because look, 
someone like Steph ain't hanging around him, right? But someone like DeMarcus Cousin, like, oh, yeah, let's go out, have a good time, you know? Well, I'm also that, saying, you don't but, want... like, none of those guys did anything illegal, though. Like, nobody, like, no, no like, but, DeMarcus but Cousins, done a lot of Howard, amateur and, never, and, 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 and all those guys and are over 35 now. You're talking about stuff they did when they were, like, 20. Like, that was, like, no, like they, Dwight Howard. DeMarcus Cousins still 20-something, dude. DeMarcus Cousins, like, maybe 30. Well, the other thing is, is like everyone thought Tabo Sevalosha was just like a Swiss dude, real calm, great, great team player. Like the guy you want to be out there wrong. drunk, yelling, getting mad at the police. They tackle him to the ground, break his and leg. Break he out the whole season. And that's Tabo Sevalosha. We all thought he was just all about playing basketball, playing good, hard defense on that perimeter. He also ended up suing the was it was in New York. No, it was excessive force. But at the same time, at the same time, you out in the, in the middle right of the night, you out in the middle of the night in the streets and you getting in, a, in some kind of argument, a heated argument, where the police are then tackling you to the ground for whatever reason. I'm not saying it's and that didn't happen. And here's the crazy thing, because he was with the wrong it, 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 people. He was with the wrong people, because Jared's right. Because here's the crazy thing. He was playing for Atlanta. They weren't even playing New York. They played another team that night in Atlanta. That night, he's in New York partying, getting drunk with them, some of his teammates and some of his former teammates. That's the thing that, and I agree with Jerry, there's a maturity issue that if you're around the wrong people, look, Steven Jackson, that whole Pacer team, that team was talent tight. They were young and immature. They didn't have the right voice. Reggie Miller was too old to the point where they were hanging out with him. The problem is now you got Ron Artest, Steven Jackson, Jermaine O'Neal all hanging around each other. And what happened? Next thing you know, they planned in Portland tonight. The same night they have a game in Portland, somehow Steven Jackson gets arrested for shooting a gun at a strip club in Indianapolis after they get back. Cutty Corner shout outs. Cutty Corner Shoutouts is the same we end the show with. Everyone gets the floor to rant, complain, or highlight something positive that they've been thinking about this week. Anyway, Cutty Corner Shoutouts. Cutty Corner Shoutouts. It's time. Cutty Corner. Cutty Corner. We're burning out. God, if you listen, help. So cold and bleeding now, now, now. I'm in for this, man. Gonna let you down. Aaron, do you have a Cutty Corner shout out? I do, and it's very close to say you, and it ain't got nothing to do with that shout match you had before or us not agreeing with you and you shouting. Nah, I can live with that here. What I can't live is with a four and a half hour show. So it was close to getting to the Cutty Corner shout out. You got me walking my dog. I'm, I'm, I'm worried that I'm going to end up missing walking the dog this late at night but anyway my cutting corner shout out and this is opposite of brand this is a serious note goes out to uh college athletics you know people are always quick to point out what they don't like about nfl you know nfl football is my favorite sport uh people are always quick to point out the owners the players getting brain damaged this and that blah 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 i mean it's true it's true but let's not look away from college athletics college athletics has been in the news lately for all the wrong reasons right not only are they canceling every other game, right? And you got you got some college coaches saying they're young. Mike Gundy, they're young. They could catch it and be okay. It's like a cold to them. You got other coaches saying that, you know, these are very Trump-loving right-wing coaches who, conservative coaches like Nick Saban, who they're not reporting how many kids really have it. They got it themselves. They're not reporting this. Games are getting canceled left and right. They keep changing the rules. First, the minimum is you have to play eight games. All of a sudden, Ohio State had to cancel a couple of games. It became seven. I'm willing to bet they're willing to drop that to five. But that's not even the worst. The worst part is 
a documentary came out today, KTVU just ran a big story, 30 minute story. And they also have it on their website, ktvu.com. It's called Surviving the Games. And it's the allegation of uh, abuse in Cal's soccer program, women's soccer program, the abuse, the emotional and physical abuse that they have suffered from the hands of their coach who's still coaching now. We also have the LSU. We had the tenor, tennis player came out. I forgot her name is Jade something. I don't wish to put it out there. She, she has come forward with her story. Uh, we're seeing all these allegations of... Um, violent sexual assault with the LSU program that won a national title last year that they swept under the rug. So my, my goes out to all college sports. It's not just the money sports with the Cal programs we see, it's even the sports that don't make as much money. Uh, college sports, you get a cutty corner shout out. I wish you just go away. Then, I, you know, more people, sorry, Brandon, I know how much you love college sports, but fuck it, man. I'd rather just, just pay the pros. I'd rather have DeMarcus Cousin or, or whomever or Hassan Whiteside leaving a loaded gun in his backseat because he got the money to make a stupid decision than to have a coach make a stupid decision that affects other people's lives. Now you misrepresented me. <laughs> what you say? You what? You misrepresented my love college, college sports. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I might be. Brandon is not part of this conversation right now that I'm having. Just to let everybody know. You have a Cutty Corner shout out? Uh, my Cutty Corner shout out goes out to camping out, uh, especially for retail products uh, and or food. I'm just going to say, unless you are homeless and you're standing outside to get a place to sleep that night uh, or you're one opportunity to get a meal, there's no reason for you to be in a two hour or 12 hour wait line for a hamburger. Great. A hamburger that you that you can very easily get in two months. Wait, like, where was that at? This is oh, Colorado. In and out in Colorado. In and out in Colorado. Also, the same people paying twice as much as retail for a PlayStation Five right now. <laughs> Why? I'm just like, okay, like I, I understand there's something new. You want to get your hands on it, but like I don't get the uh, I don't I don't necessarily get the appeal of being the first one, right? Much like our COVID vaccine. Like, do you really want to be the first one? Like really, <laughs> <laughs> gotta wait for that update, man. <laughs> right, um, and I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know if it's worth your time to have those sort of bragging rights. Like, oh, I went to In and Out. Let me get my Instagram. Or the same thing with the Popeyes fried chicken sandwich. Like these things are take off, and people feel like I'm missing out if I don't get it. But I, I get it if it's something important. <laughs> I get it if it's something that's actually going to change your life in some way. Uh, not just one, like a couple Instagram photos you can post and or a different way that you could spend 12 hours. Like, oh man, I got this PlayStation 5. They got three games for it. Um, <laughs> and I can still play this all the same games from my PlayStation 4, but <laughs> it's new and I can take a couple pictures of it. Um, yeah, man, use that money. Spend that time, go on a trip, do something, do something tight, learn something. Uh, yeah, man. So all these people camping out, uh, especially you know Black Friday's coming up. Back in regular times, pre COVID, people camping outside of Best Buy I need to get this TV. I need to save the six dollars, and not realizing, you know what? You probably could just cut lawns. Like you could have cut lawns, or <laughs> you could have cut like five lawns. And, you and made that sixty dollars. It's not even the out. highest name brand on on Black Friday. It's always right. the cheapest shit. Right. It's not like you're getting an Apple Watch for for sixty five percent off. Oh man, let me get this <laughs> get this Apple Watch yeah. on a discount. Yeah. It's usually like, oh, we got this Insignia or this TCL TV that we we're going to throw out. But I remember Insignia used to be expensive, and then I, <laughs> I bought some Insignia. <laughs> that shit is gangster garbage. By the way, I didn't know TCL was a real thing. I was like, I had to, I had to Google that shit. 
<laughs> like, TC, yeah, that sounds that sounds a little bit too cheap. And it was like it came with Roku. I was like, what the hell's a Roku? <laughs> oh, Ro- Roku was yeah. They got they got some uh, some seed funding. Exactly. Got big for a while. Got got pushed out there, and then people realized it was just not a great not a great thing to have. It it, it would be amazing to have that data, like how many TCL Google searches came from a Best Buy or Fry's Electronics. Like, right. <laughs> so like they were all like, in cahoots together. They were all in cahoots to do. They were steering. What? They were steering. That's insider trading, bro. Insider trading. I'm calling it right now. For real, they were I was steering like, us to buy shitty products. You spelled T L. You spelled TLC wrong. What y'all doing? Yeah, it's like it's like you talking about left eye or T buzz, right? Like, hey, they they they're literally like the chili of electronics, though. It's like they Come look on, good, man. but they didn't have no lead vocals. <laughs> Mister Sticky Keys, do you have a Cutty Corner shout out? Uh, know what? I'm gonna pull a Jared. I got two Cutty Corner shout outs. Oh, oh shit! Oh shit! The funnier part is I can't remember the second one, but I'm gonna say the first one. All right. Uh, so my first Cuddy Quarter shout out actually goes out to, uh, and they're probably not going to hear this at all, but my brother, my brother recently just got married in Atlanta. So I had to go out there for a little bit and, uh, we took every, we took all the necessary precautions. We did the, uh, we did the, I did the testing before I left. I did the testing when I got back. I got testing when I was out there. It was a very, very beautiful wedding. Shout out to my boy, Isaac, IT Taggart. Uh, love you, man. Uh, my second one goes out to Xbox, that Series X. Y'all got like the most powerful gaming system or console system in the world, and y'all got some of the shittiest launch titles. That's why I'm not going <laughs> to buy that shit. Y'all got the remastered Gears of War. I ain't paying that shit. Uh, that Forza, I can't believe people still play that shit. And then I can't think of another game that y'all got that I actually want to uh, actually want to buy. And little known fact, the last game of the year that was exclusive to Xbox was the first Bioshock. Way back in like 2013 or 12. Y'all make shitty games too. Yeah. Shout out to Halo 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. Cutty Corner shout out goes out to the uh, the Hornets. You uh, drafted my boy Lamelo, then you signed Gordon Hayward to a forty million dollar a year deal. Are y'all tripping? That boy just two years ago had his foot facing backwards. He ain't been the same since, and I don't think he gonna get any better. And you paid him more than the already exorbitant deal he's getting paid. I guess my cutty corner shout out goes to the NBA because when you think about it, I was wondering today. I was like, who fleeced the team or who stole money from a team? And I'll tell you this: a lot of these motherfuckers getting signed are making a lot more money than they're worth or than their playing time will actually reflect. So my cutty corner shout out goes out to bad free agent free agent signings and the NBA always complaining about not being able to have any flexibility or being in the red, which has gotten better over the years. But but y'all motherfuckers be signing fools of too much goddamn money and they ain't worth it. You know what I'm saying? And, and I don't want to hear it later on when 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 you pay a dude ten to fifteen million dollars a year and he literally p- plays less than one percent of your minutes during the NBA season. Well, that is our show, my friends. That is our show. You mean like that Nicholas Batum that they uh, that they got away from Portland, overpaid him, and then he did not pan out, and they had to cut him to make room for Gordon Hayward. Yeah, Nicholas Batum got paid too much. Batum came off a career year finally. At but- least I'm gonna at least I'm gonna do this with Gordon Hayward. 
He was all NBA at one point before the Boston. That was the reason they signed him. He, he used to attack the basket. A lot of people didn't realize this. He wasn't soft. He played above the rim. He attacked the basket. Once his foot cut back, turn around, you don't see him attack the basket anymore. He used to sad, right? At least he put in some work at one point. There's some people that got paid that don't put in half the work. Uh, Joe Harris. There's a lot of people being signed to big deals, man. It's crazy. You know, one person that I think really earned their 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 keep, Fred Van Fleet. The money he got, he earned that. He probably could have got paid more because he's been a big time, not big time player, but he's been a clutch player for that team. And he's one of the keys, one of those role players who stepped up, who, you know, made shots, made plays, improved his game since he's gotten in the league. A year Fred Van Fleet? Yeah. He earned his yeah, money. I agree. A lot of these other motherfuckers, they earned their money. Well, any final words you guys like to have? Uh, before we uh, depart, uh, you know what? Yeah, man, have a good, have a great thank, have a great Thanksgiving. Stay at home. If exactly, you can. same thing. Like, hey, man, I'm having a solo hey, Thanksgiving. Bye-bye. Have turkeys. Can I say bye bye? They can hear you. Bye bye. Bye, dear. Bye. bye. I don't hear them. Uh, <laughs> uh, my last words are: chickens don't have nuggets. Exactly. Exactly. Have a good Thanksgiving. This is coming out after Thanksgiving, so. Oh, well, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. <laughs> Have a good Black Friday. I'm going to just say something real controversial right now. Go ahead. Um, this is something I had thought about earlier, but I think it might be a little far left of what I normally that I normally talk about. And I think that you should be able to shoot any dog whose owner doesn't pick up after themselves. Damn. <laughs> I mean, I've picked up every single In the dog. leg. Okay, I'm not saying kill dogs. But I'm just saying you should straight up shoot. You should be able to. I'm well, not saying it's the right thing, but I think it will clean up the issue right away. Yeah, it's kind of hey, like Brandon, people open carry states, you know. You stop a lot, lot less uh, robberies when people think you got a gun. You should, uh, you should hear about my punch in the face uh, theory. Anybody <laughs> that says, anybody that says the n word, you should be able to punch him in the mouth as hard yeah. as you want. Nah, some <laughs> like of them you, might be big, man. I yeah, know. I mean that's no, that's, that, risk. that's giving them permission to say it. That a, and if, if they I the give you all the permission in the world the if you want to say, I just get to punch you in your mouth as hard as I want to. I, I might not. No, that's gonna start more problems. As long as you get punched in the mouth, that's not okay. fair. Because Kiki, you a big nigga. <laughs> <laughs>